to go beyond the foundation of standard, like just here's the standard, here's the foundation. Let's go deeper and more into things that excite our kids, that get them wanting to do more for our world. That's so beautiful. I'm Maddie, and I'm an ed tech coach, teacher, podcaster, online business owner, and above all, I am constantly dreaming up ways to reimagine education. I provide teachers with tips, tricks, and strategies to transform their classrooms into learning hubs that are filled with creativity, innovation, and discovery. I hope to empower all teachers, no matter what subject they teach, to experiment with innovative learning models and lead their classrooms with 21st century skills. So let's learn and grow together as 21st century educators. This is the EdTech Classroom Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the EdTech Classroom Podcast. I've been looking forward to today's conversation for quite some time. I'm chatting with Nashath Ferjos Jahan Ali, who is an experienced and dedicated educator. I first connected with her on Instagram. You guys know I love Instagram. And she runs the account Learning with Miss Ali. But she does so much beyond her Instagram presence. This conversation has had me thinking for days. I really, really enjoyed hearing her perspective on global education, the power of enrichment, and developing student-centered curriculum. Nishath's passion shines through so much. She shares these really impactful anecdotes that inspire me to become a more thoughtful educator. But before we dive into today's wonderful episode, let's take a look at our EdTech Tool of the Week. EdTech Tool of the Week. Explain Everything is not just another digital whiteboard app. It is a powerhouse tool for creating stellar multimedia presentations. Both teachers and students can use Explain Everything to create dynamic presentations that incorporate multimedia elements like video, narration, and drawing. While the most obvious application of this tool is probably for teachers to use it in a flipped classroom model, I personally think that this tool works best when students are doing the teaching. With Explain Everything, students can work individually or in groups to create and share their learning. For this reason, Explain Everything is great for the four C's, creativity, critical thinking, communication, and collaboration. So Explain Everything really lends itself to these important 21st century skills. So I'd recommend trying out Explain Everything with your upper elementary students. Check it out and let me know what you guys think. And let's get back into the episode. Nishath Farjos Jahan Ali is a dedicated educator with a mission to empower children and families for a strong future. She completed her Bachelor's of Science in Psychology from DePaul University, along with her Master's in Elementary Education from Quincy University. She has taught with Northwestern University's Enrichment Program, CTD, for four years before starting her own enrichment program, Ali Enrichment Academy. She is passionate about pushing our world's youth to their fullest potential 
as they use their talents and their gifts to strengthen our globe. She's also the author of the children's picture book, My Loving World. She's a content creator of YouTube's Learning with Miss Ali. And of course, she's the founder of Ali Enrichment Academy. Nishath, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, Maddie. I just want to tell you that your your introduction made me want to cry because, uh, Maddie, I didn't share this with you, but my dad was born in a village in India. And the only thing that pulled him out of poverty was education. And so now, and he brought his whole family over from India. And so the fact that now the way you introduce me as an educator who's helping kids around our, our nation and hopefully our world, it's just so touching, right? Like that effect that you get within the family. So I feel like my dad would be so proud. So thank you. So oh, he absolutely proud. would be so proud. I mean, even for me, it is just truly such an honor to have you mm-hmm. here today on the show. I, you know, we talked a little bit before we started recording, but I am so inspired by your philosophy on education. You've recently been sharing some really interesting and impactful content about resolving conflict. You've been sharing content about empathy, empowering young children. You're so inspiring to me. And it's very clear, like I said, that you have this distinct educational philosophy. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your career path and what led you to your work today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm just so grateful to be here. Uh, So appreciative of this opportunity. So Maddie, I started off as an actor. (laughs) No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's why I was in California for two years. Uh, So my passion as a kid was performing. I loved Bollywood. Are you familiar with the Indian film industry, Bollywood? Yeah, definitely. So huge, right? Uh, And so I was always passionate about Bollywood and I wanted to become a big movie star. And so I moved out to LA and I was in Hollywood for two years. I was in a film, I did some print modeling. Uh, I had a Bollywood dance troupe that performed at the House of Blues on Sunset Boulevard. So I was all about acting. How cool. Yeah, but then I think the more I was in it, the more I realized I wasn't willing, you know, to be an actor in LA, you have to be willing to put yourself out there. There's so much you have to go through and I wasn't willing to do that, right? So that's that's why I had to switch, switch paths. So after leaving Hollywood, I went into advertising. And it was where I always had an interest in business. I love people. So I thought, oh, I'd be good at business. And then when I got to advertising, I was advertising for things I wasn't passionate about. So you can imagine you're spending all these hours, but you're just like, oh, I don't, I'm not as interested in cereal. I'm not as interested in a a cell phone, you know, like it's beautiful for those who do, but for me, it wasn't my passion. So then uh, I went to India for one month and I went to a place called Lyft. It's in the Southern part of India. Uh, Lyft is leading India's future today. And it's basically a program and organization that houses kids who go through the most heartbreaking stories. Literally one kid saw his mom burn down a house and commit suicide with, his, with the brother. Another kid, uh, the parents were alcoholics, and then uh, the grandparents took took her, but then they couldn't have her anymore. So it was just like all these kids who went through so much hardship at such a young age, and literally, Maddie, when Lyft took them in, they would be crying, saying, thank you. Education has saved me. Like, they literally said, like, you guys don't know what my life would have been without you helping me in education. So when I saw how education helps kids who come from so little, 
and go through so much. And even I told you my dad's story who came from a village that just had sugar canes, had nothing to do there. All like literally he just, it was all sugar canes. And they said, you need to go to get studies. You need to go study because you need more. To see how education can literally change a person's whole course of life and then help the world and help the community. It was where I just thought, I literally came home from India and I said, dad, I wanna be a teacher. And you can imagine my dad's dream was for me to be a doctor. He always said, you have to be a doctor, be a doctor. It was the Indian dream. Uh, but I said, dad, I love kids. I love helping kids and I love education and I love, I'm a learner myself. So putting all that combined, I said, dad, I have to be a teacher. So then Mandy, so I went on this journey, became a teacher. And so now I'm a teacher. This is my fifth year. It's awesome. Fourth grade teacher in Chicago. And it's where I taught at Northwestern because we have a summer that's open. So I went to Northwestern University and they have an enrichment program. And I started to teach there and it was just another level of excitement for education. The kids in first grade would know more about the solar system than I did. I was like, I'm in my thirties and you know so much more about the sun than I do. And they were just so, it was like, they loved knowledge. And so that's where I thought, you know, this is just such a beautiful program. And then one year last year, the leaders of Northwestern's program, CTD, they came to me and they said, Miss Ali, will you create a course on global leadership? And that's where I said, okay, so, but, but the only way to teach a course is you have to study it yourself. So I studied Barack Obama, Martin Luther King, uh, Disney's Bob Iger. I studied Apple. I'm studying, like, I was studying all these different Simon Sinek start with why, if you know that book. And I studied all this and I put this curriculum together for this course. And Maddie was the biggest hit. The kids at the end gave a TED talk and you took kids who didn't believe in their voice. And at the end, they're like, I want to go change the world. And so to see a child again, just that how when you empower and give them love, you literally take like a caterpillar and it just blooms. And so that's where I realized about wow, enrichment, like to go beyond the foundation of standard like just here's the standard, here's the foundation. Let's go deeper and more into things that excite our kids, that get them wanting to do more for our world. That's so beautiful. And so that's, that's my hope for enrichment. Yeah. I love, I love hearing this passion of yours that you have around creating these meaningful learning experiences for students. And even going back to sort of the beginning of your interest in education, it's it's very clear that you had sort of these aha moments, mm -hmm. you know, your lift experience in India, your experience with your dad as well. Looking back on your own childhood and your own experiences going through the education system, mm -hmm. is there anything that happened during your time in school that you think might have impacted your decision to go into education as well? I, I mean, you tell me, Maddie, did you ever have teachers that you loved? that you literally loved so much. Uh, for me in fifth grade, I had Miss Rice, who she was like my Oprah. She was phenomenal and so cool. I loved her. And then in high school, I had Miss Flannery, who I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, and so I think to have teachers who opened your mind to something that, cause my parents, you know, they come with their experience, but Miss Flannery, she taught me world religions in high school. So she opened my mind to the oneness of our world. You know, so I, I think to have the impact of teachers, that's the thing, it's so huge, it's so vast. When you get a good teacher, there's nothing better. So, so yeah, I would say it was, it was to have such strong educators. 
That's amazing. I, I love hearing that they're one of your teachers too, you're still in contact with. I think that's really great. One of my high school teachers, I still keep in touch with. We probably reach out once every other month or so. And it's just so important that I feel like I still have that relationship. And so much of what I do in my classroom, I sometimes think of that teacher that I had and you know those projects that were really meaningful. Of course, I'm an elementary school teacher, but I still think that some of the things I learned from my high school teachers directly impact my my practice today. So it's neat to hear that you have that in common. And I would imagine that other teachers who are listening right now probably can relate to that as well. Yeah. And Maddie, there's been people who I know who haven't loved education as much because they go, oh, I didn't have such teachers I loved. And people who have said to me, oh, but I could I could teach myself. I can pick up a book. And I go, oh, you didn't have an educator you loved. You would never say that if you had a teacher you loved because it make, it's like a coach. It's a different level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, that uh, word that you just used of a coach too. Mm. I think that that's something that very much aligns with my educational philosophy of, as well as trying to be more of a facilitator in my classroom. You know, I want to go back to, you mentioned this TED Talk project, mm. which sounds really amazing. I love this idea of amplifying student voice and making students feel really comfortable in their voices. Could you talk a little bit more about this project? It sounds really interesting. Oh my gosh, you would love it. So basically it was, where the United Nations has 17 sustainability goals. So in order to sustain, Maddie, you're smiling. Is it, do you know all about this? Yes, I align most of my curriculum to the sustainable development goals. That's so funny. So yeah, yeah, so basically we study the goals and I tell my students, again, this is the enrichment program I designed for Northwestern University. So basically it's where the kids then choose a goal that aligns with their values. So which one do you believe strongly in, like climate change or clean water, education for all, uh, gender equality. And so then basically then you have to take it, but you have to research and then you have to share out your voice in a way that influences people, right? Because TED Talk, there's, a, there's literally a style to TED Talks. Um, and so we study how the TED Talk works. Uh, we watch TED Talks and see who's most effective and why. Uh, it's all about bringing emotion. That's what it is, it's, it's we're energy. And so how can, I tell my students, how can you get your audience to, to feel? How can you get your audience to believe in what you believe? And you have to come with evidence. You have to come with strong research, which is all the skills we teach our kids, right? Do you speak with knowledge? Do you speak with facts? Um, and so when you get kids to come with such knowledge, with research and evidence, and they speak with emotion on it, 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 it was like nothing else. I literally, there was one kid, Maddie, who I got an email this summer, this actually year, a few months, a month ago, that she messaged the, uh, like the head of Illinois representative. And she was asking for change. I forget what the topic was, but she was asking for change and she felt that she could ask for change because of our course. Like it was amazing. So yeah, so just again, in the, more than the TED talk, it's the empowerment of your voice matters. Believe your voice matters, my kids, because you, you are our future. So you're, you're our future leaders. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, I, I'm noticing this common thread and the reason I bring it up is because I think that this is also something that is very closely tied to the sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. I did do a podcast about this a few episodes ago about the SDGs, but just in case listeners aren't familiar with them, they're essentially this set of global goals that the UN put together that are essentially like these 
I think it's 17, right? 17 17 basically umbrella areas that hold all of the world's problems. Um, I'm not sure if that's how you would how you would describe it, but they're global goals. And so I'm noticing the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm noticing this thread here where not only are you trying to empower students to use their voices, but you're also trying to empower students to explore um, things on more of a global scale. I'm noticing a lot of this global, global theme. Here. <laughs> yeah. And I've noticed your book as well is called My Loving World. So I'd imagine that this is maybe a theme that's in your, in your classroom. Is that true? Yes. Oh, you're hitting it on the nail, Maddie. Uh, my dream is to be a global educator. So when I study like Khan Academy, how they're having education go global for everybody. Uh, I think that that's an area you tell me, Maddie, but what if, what if we have a global education, like genuinely have access where kids, no matter what around the world have access to strong education. Um, you know, it's, it's the whole concept of no child left behind. It's not all only children in America. It's not only children in India or, or Japan or anywhere. It's the whole world. Um, and so that's what I believe Maddie is. I believe we're one human family We're one human family. And so no child is left behind and that's the dream. Mm -hmm. So the only way to do that is to be a global educator. I love that. Mm -hmm. I really, really love that. Um, I want to, I want to dive deeply here into your enrichment program that you've created. Um, but first I'd love to get your thoughts on enrichment programs in general, why do you think enrichment programs are important? I know that's a really lofty question, but I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Yeah, so so you could tell me for uh, your location because you're in California, but for us in Illinois, we have standards that we have to hit, correct? Like throughout the year as a teacher. So you're expected to teach these standards. The thing is, Maddie, I feel like those are that's the foundation that that's good. But let's go to the next level, right? If we're asking kids to be their best, Let's go, like we have the foundation of reading. We got that. We have the foundation of writing and and math and science, of course, social science and social emotional. But now how do we take it to the next level where you are passionate about our world? That's kind of the goal with enrichment is there's so many more subjects we're not studying. Like for example, Maddie, we don't study economics enough. We know that. And I tell my students this, money is one of the biggest things we have to handle as an adult. There's no denying. And so at least giving our kids the skills and different ways to use money in a strong way sets them up for success. But we don't study that enough. I never did. And then I was so, I was not strong with money until now in my thirties and I'm like, I gotta be. So, so that's the thing, Maddie. So I think there's these, you know, even the global leadership, right? When do we have the time? Because to get the foundation strong, it's so much time with the standards. So where is the time to even, even the global leadership class, how do I teach that to my kids in fourth grade right now? because I don't have the time for it. It's so much just in the foundation. So for me, enrichment, to be honest, should be in the curriculum as much as possible. We just don't have the time for it. So I think, and based on the standards, we have to hit those, let's take it to the next level. That's, how I, that's what I would say to parents. If you wanna take your kid to the next level, like they're, they're amazing where they are, what's the higher? What's the next level for them? Let's do that with enrichment. That's how I think of it. That's a that's a really interesting perspective of enrichment sort of being this this taking things to the next level. Mm-hmm. I think you hinted at this, but I've spoken to a lot of educators, well, I'll say some educators who wonder if after school education or enrichment can become the model for what the standard school day looks like. Basically this idea being that 
instead of enrichment becoming more and more rigid like the school day, that the school day should become more and more exploratory like enrichment? Yeah, you know, I I didn't hear this until you mentioned the question to me. So the only thing is, and I'm sure you know this, is Finland is considered one of the strongest education systems in the world. And they only go to school five days, or sorry, five hours in a day. So they only do five hours in a day, but they're so strong that I think to do an after school program after, we really have to have a lot of research and science and evidence that shows it's effective, right? Um, Because it's not necessarily correlated according to what I've seen that putting kids more and more, giving them more hours of work and all of that is actually more effective. And then I also do think it's important for kids, if if they genuinely have a strong education during the seven hours, like for us in America, then, you know, will they be burnt out if we continue after every day? Maybe if it's once a day, once a week, maybe that's different. Um, so I'm open. I'm open. I think there would just need to be really strong research and science done before I would say that that makes sense. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I like that you bring up fin- Finland yeah. again. Great example of you very much being a global <laughs> educator and bringing up another country as an example here. Um, so thanks for sharing that insight. I, I teach an after school enrichment class and I agree with you. For me, it's very much about taking education to the next level. Could you talk a little bit about some of what you believe are some of these guiding principles of some high quality enrichment programs? Yeah. So I think the number one thing you have to ask is, will my student leave, my child leave this program genuinely feeling empowered and a better version of themselves? Because that's what I noticed, Maddie, with the giving the TED Talk in studying a global United Nations movement, uh, is the kids walked out going, having more confidence, believing more in themselves, believing more in action for the world. So that genuinely took them to the next level. Uh, And so that's the number one thing I would ask. Number two, and I think you would agree with this with any strong curriculum, is there lots of research and science and evidence behind it? Like making sure that we're teaching what's true and effective. And that goes with even good curriculum just throughout the year. So I would say that too. And then, uh, you know, just taking, taking kids to the next level, like just asking them, is this something that will empower them to make them their best? That's, Mm -hmm. that's kind of the main thing that I, I think of. Yeah, that's great. And so in terms of taking kids to the next level, you know, I know that you've started your own enrichment program. Mm -hmm. It's very clear just from our short conversation thus far that you have a lot of expertise and knowledge around enrichment in general. So could you share some examples of maybe some of the classes that you're going to be teaching in this enrichment program? Yeah, I'm so excited. And families (laughs) and parents, please know I have researched like crazy for you in hours and hours outside of my regular job to to have these courses for you. So the first one is uh, Rising Global Leaders. So it's similar to the Global Leadership class that I taught at Northwestern. And so that one will be similar, Rising Global Leaders. Again, students are studying the United Nations goals, choose one that they really believe in, and then they give a TED Talk. So it kind of hits all the main points, especially at the end, what action will you take or call for action of of others? Um, And then the second one is Money Math because what I I really learned that that was a hole I saw in our education. I feel like we don't get enough economics and financial literacy to the level that we should. And so, uh, so yeah, so money math is all about 
the foundations of what is saving, what is budgeting look like, what does it mean to have an income and, and creating a plan. And then also investing. What is the stock market? Like, let's teach kids how that works, how to uh, just all the kind of the foundations, even retirement. I know that they're so little, but at least be exposed to what is even out there and how that works. Um, net worth, what all of that is, just exposing them to, to that vocabulary and getting that out there to them. Um, and then what kids would be doing in that is they would be analyzing different financial situations that are tough and challenged and they would have to course correct. So here's somebody who comes with a lot of debt from, from college, student loans. Uh, and so now what will this person do in order to come out of it and how can they invest later to, to build their wealth? So things like that. So again, just kind of, and, and think about it, Maddie. So then we have kids who come out feeling empowered about money. So then when they get to high school and they get the jobs or when they get even older, they're, they're not just gonna spend a storm. They're not gonna go buy, get credit cards and go shopping like crazy because they understand, oh, let me pay myself first a little bit and then let me invest in, in, in grow, have my money grow money. If that's the choice they wanna make, at least we can put that out there. And so you say once these kids get to high school, so could you clarify what grade level uh, these classes are, are for? Yeah, so because I'm a fourth grade teacher, uh, I have designed my courses to be fourth through sixth grade. Uh, so that's usually nine through about 12 or even 13. So, so that's why I usually think of the next step after that would be high school. Mm -hmm. So to me, hearing this, I, I completely agree that it's so important for students to be learning about economics. Mm -hmm. Thinking back to my own experience in school, I wish that that's something I would have had access to. I wish I would have learned more about that instead of struggling to figure all of that out when I turned 18. I'm really curious because to me that feels really young mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear some strategies or recommendations that you have for teachers to actually have these conversations with students that age about money. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I've learned is because that is, I think some adults, be, we feel that because kids don't have the money yet, they're not producing their own money. It seems like a heavy topic. The thing is the ki kids, what I learned, because we actually teach a little bit during class time, regular uh, during the school year, is they're actually eager to understand what is the stock market? Like they, because there's so much knowledge in today's world, it's not the same Maddie as before. Uh, you know, they're actually saying, how does this even work? And they even look up sometimes like cnnmoney.com. I have a kid going, oh, Miss Ellie, Apple's doing well today. Like they'll be telling me and they're in fourth grade. So I think first we have to know that the access of information our kids are exposed to is not the same as when we were growing up. Um, so that's the first. The second is, it's not to say that we want to scare them. Oh, here's retirement. You have to pay rent and all that it's just at least to expose them like oh if you choose a college what college will you go to when you come out will you be making a certain salary to, to if you're going to take out a student loan you know what i mean so just kind of giving them a little bit of a foundation so they understand and then as they get older they can probably layer on top so that's the intention of the course is it's more let's let's at least expose you so you're aware and then of course you can always layer on later as you get older how interesting. Yeah. This this reminds me, you know, before before the show and sorry sorry listeners to bring up a conversation that you guys didn't get to hear, but before the show we were chatting about, you know, my views around technology, right? Mm -hmm. Where I was saying that I really want to help kids build healthy relationships with technology so that then when they're in the real world, they know how to navigate that. Yeah. And it sounds like this is very similar with your money math class where by helping kids have exposure to having exposure to money, understanding about the stock market, yeah. budgeting, different things like that. Yeah. In a lot of ways, you're also helping students build healthy relationships with 
with money. So I think that that's a really interesting parallel there and thinking about sort of this real world application of your class. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of real world. I'm very much noticing this as a theme too throughout this conversation that it seems like real world application is something that's very, very evident in your educational philosophy. Mm -hmm. Um, Specifically, I think your other course about the sustainable development goals, Mm -hmm. I think that that really lends itself to having some really wonderful real world application. Mm -hmm. I'm curious because I think that something when we talk about this idea of real world education and real world learning, Mm -hmm. there's also a lot of that that's very student centered and allowing students to explore their own interests. Mm -hmm. And so how do you help guide students sort of they have these passions, right? They have these interests in climate change or high quality education, these different areas. How do you help sort of harness their interests and leverage that for them to be able to you know, be empowered and have this voice to where they can become global leaders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautifully said because we, the goal is we want our kids ultimately, whether we're there or not, to know the process of how to educate yourself and study. Because the thing is, Maddie, in today's world, especially in technology, you, you know this, the access of information is so heavy. So it's about how do we help you if you have a topic you're passionate about, animals, and maybe uh, saving animals that are going extinct, are you researching with strong resources and multiple resources and putting that information together so that you have this knowledge and therefore you can take action? And so that's why that's kind of actually a reading fundamental that we teach in fourth grade is it's called synthesizing, right? When you, the difference here is I say to my students, are you passionate about something? Don't tell Miss Ali that you're bored. I'm gonna say, go research. What do you wanna know about? What are you interested in? Go research in multiple resources. They know I have to look at multiple sources that are strong and taking that knowledge, compare and contrast, and then execute and share out what I know. So I, I love that that actually ties in with reading a lot. Um, but one of the biggest things I always tell kids is if you need an extra project, you don't need one. You already know what to do. Take something you're passionate and interested in and let's grow. And so that's, uh, are, are you familiar with the International Baccalaureate Program, right? The IB? IB oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's the thing. So we're an IB school at Ogden where I teach in the city. Uh, and so that they're huge on that, right? It's like getting the kids. So if you don't just tell them read a book, you say read a book that interests you right? Read a book so that you fall in love with reading. And so that's the same thing here with the projects and the research and putting it out there for the world is it's the same concept within IB is what are you passionate about? Because if you're passionate, you're going to work harder. You're going to study harder. You're going to be excited to not just do two resources. You're going to find five resources because you're so into the topic. And then from that, you'll take action and create that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a great way to help students fall in love with the process of learning. I just am so, something that I'm just continue to be so fascinated with is this idea that you can really leverage student interests and things that they're passionate about and simultaneously find ways to embed standards. I mean, I think the example that you just gave about, you know, in fourth grade, synthesizing and research is something that is a standard that you guys have to have to teach your students. But the fact that you're able to think about the things that students are interested in and figure out, okay, well, there's this great standard that I think that we can embed here is a really creative approach to teaching. And just like you're saying, you know, this taking it to the next level, I think that that is a really, really great example of that. Yeah. And Maddie, don't you feel like to only teach to standards, you're going to lose so many kids. 
because not all kids are motivated by grades. Not all kids are like, oh, I need to get straight A. Like, but if you get kids to love learning with, let's hit the standards because that measures with your knowledge and skill set. That's the dream I think of education. Here's the foundation. And then how do we get you to love the learning and be your best? Mix that together and boom, you have a phenomenal student who's their best. And that's, yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, it's so clear. I mean, just listening to you speak, mm-hmm. you and watching you too right now, we're on Zoom <laughs> chatting. You're lighting up so much. It's so clear that you are so passionate about this work that you're doing with students. Um, it's clear that there's so much intention behind what you're doing. I know that you mentioned that you've done a ton of research. Mm-hmm. For teachers who are listening right now who are really excited about these ideas and want to learn more, are there any resources or you know, articles or books or TED Talks or anything that's related to these big topics that we've talk- been talking about that you think teachers uh, might enjoy checking out? Uh, well, I think the United Nations website is amazing uh, because, and that's such a good project because it's so, it's good because it informs the kids about their future. So when we study climate change and they choose that goal, that's literally what you're working towards as a future. And then now we're talking about Mars, right? Getting to Mars. So how cool that when you, it's like these global themes again, like you want to bring that forth because kids are, they want to know what's going on in their world. Uh, but as far as other websites, I, I, you're going to laugh me at I don't know. Do you know Lucy Calkins? Yeah, of course. Okay. So as a, as an educator and my team would laugh because they know I'm such a fan of teachers college, uh, reading and writing project. And some people are like, they, you have mixed reviews on it, but uh, I'm so passionate about the philosophy of Lucy Calkins and how they teach because it's all about just loving reading and writing in the real life. So I would say to any, any teachers out there, if you never were taught how to read well with the love of reading, pick up a Lucy Calkins book. She will literally, she creates lifelong learners uh, who love to read and write. And that's what she did to me. It changed my world. The way she taught reading in her whole team, I literally now fall in love with reading. If you see, I have so many books and it's not because anyone's grading me. It's because I genuinely like, oh, I want to take in this knowledge. I'm making a movie in my mind. When I read to the kids, I say, enjoy the show because it's like, I go make a movie in your mind. You're going to have fun. Oh, I love that. (laughs) Right? And I learned this from, I learned this from Lucy. Like, so I would say, uh, but again, it's, it's hit or miss. Cause some people, I don't know if you have to be trained on it. Some of my colleagues don't love it, but, uh, I just, she changed how I read. And then even writing, it's like writing up for a movie, the way she teaches writing. Cause it's literally storytelling and, and, you know, let the problem get worse before it gets better. I mean, it was just such high level thinking, it's so Lucy Calkins, I would, I can't wait to meet her one day. I hope I meet her one day and just say, you made me love reading and writing. I, I didn't have this love before I learned this curriculum. That's awesome. I'll be sure to have the United Nations website and um, some Lucy Calkins resources linked in the show notes for listeners to check out. Um, You're right. A lot of people really love Lucy Calkins. I think that there's bits and pieces that you can that you can take and really adapt to uh, work with your specific set of students. Uh, It doesn't work for everybody. It doesn't work for every every teacher, every classroom. But I think this idea, this framework that you're talking about, about helping students it, it, it all goes back to empowerment, right? Continuing to empower students to become lifelong learners. Yes. So I think that that mindset that Lucy Hawkins provides is something that 
teachers, no matter your views on her mm-hmm. curriculum or the things that she, the resources that she's created. I think that that mindset specifically is something that all teachers can really adapt and implement in their classrooms, no matter what their set, their specific sets of students look like or are like. Absolutely. You know, I want to, speaking of reading, yeah. you've written, you've written a children's book. Yes which I watched the YouTube read aloud of your children's book. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. I'd love to hear more about your book. It's called My Loving World. Again, I will have that linked in the show notes for listeners to purchase if they'd like to read it, check it out. Um, could you share more about this book and how it relates to your practice? Yeah. Uh, so teachers, if you're out there, let me tell you that this is a great book for theme because the theme is all about We get caught up in the labels, what somebody's race is, what their religion is, uh, what they look like on the outside, but it's all about get to know someone from the inside. And when you do, you have so much more in common and we're just, we're all in it together. So it's about one world and one human family, all of us on this planet together. And, uh, you know, it was the reason it came about, Maddie, is because in my own life, I was seeing people push other people away for being a different race or religion. And it was kind of like one of those things where, oh, it's okay if you're, you know, over here, but you know, on the, a little bit on the other side in your different race and religion, but you can't be so close, you know, like you can't be in my inner circle. And that's where I just thought, we got to stop this. We got to stop fighting each other. Right? Like, it's like, we're, we all, we're all in it together. This is one planet. And that's why we talk about the globe. But to be honest, we're not separate. Like these countries might be physically separate, but we're just, we're all humans on this planet together. So if we work together, how much stronger are we instead of fighting each other? And so that's, uh, you know, the whole concept is, you know, come together as one and not from a little bit of a distance. Oh, it's okay from over here. No, like right up close. Let's get in it together. We're one human family. Let's be loving. Let's help each other. Let's lift each other up. And, and be stronger together as a world. So that's kind of the whole concept of my loving world. And you would love this, uh, the Spanish ver- version, Mi Mundo Amoroso, I read with my friend, uh, Jeanette Seha, who I should introduce you because she's in Los Angeles, uh, but she's a travel host and she connected me with Becca schools in Honduras in Central America. And we read to the kids, three schools, over a hundred students and families, my loving world and Mi Mundo Amoroso. And it was so touching, Maddie. The kids in Honduras, they all said, I feel special because of my heart. I feel special because, you know, I'm, I'm different in whatever way, like the kids genuinely found beauty in themselves. And then they were saying, oh, it's, it's beautiful to be different. And to hear that from kids, you know, like it just, it was so touching. So just again, reiterating that, you know, we're in it together. That's amazing. I think that's such an important message for students to feel like, not only are the people around them beautiful, but that they are as well. So that's a really, really beautiful message that you just shared. I can't wait to check out your book. I am definitely going to buy it so that I can share it with my students. So thank you so much for sharing that. Again, for listeners, I'll have that linked in the show notes in case you guys would like to check it out. You're so amazing. I mean, clearly I've really enjoyed getting to know you. I've really enjoyed our conversation. For listeners who are as excited about you as I am, how can they find you? Where can they find you online? Yeah. All those details. <laughs> uh, so Learning with Miss Ali is on Instagram. Uh, we're on, I'm on Facebook and on YouTube. So please join us on YouTube. I try to put out a new video with kids in it because we model and kids learn from each other. Uh, so every two weeks I'm aiming to do it, but yeah, so subscribe and come on to YouTube. 
And then uh, My Loving World is on Amazon. So Mimo Damero, so that's on Amazon. And then Ollie Enrichment Academy is new. We're launching this summer in July. And of course we have an Instagram, a Facebook, uh, a website that's connected all through those social media accounts. And yeah, just come check it out. Email me, my email's all on there, the website and all of it. So that's amazing. So I will have your Instagram, your YouTube channel, your enrichment, all of those Uh details Everything you just shared, I'll be sure to have linked in the show notes for listeners to find you. Thanks, Maddie. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. I feel like you just have so much passion and energy around education and enrichment and this continued theme of taking it to the next level. Um, I learned so much from our conversation. So thank you so much. Thanks, Maddie. And I just want to thank you because Uh, it's my favorite thing to collaborate with other educators and around the nation. So it's so funny that uh, it's just so awesome. I love it. And so just thank you for reaching out and creating. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode with Nishath for Jost Shahan Ali. Her passion for teaching and learning is contagious. It's inspiring. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you liked this episode, you know what to do. Subscribe, rate, write a review, and I'll see you back here soon. Bye, friends. Mm